Thank you so much for joining us for this week's message from Real Life Community, where we talk about connecting with God and others, growing in Christ-likeness, and sharing God's life with the world. My name is Sarah Comer, and I serve each week as Connections Pastor, making sure that you know that there is a God and a community that loves you and wants to go through the seasons of life with you. You can find us at reallifecommunity.org, and we would love to meet you on Facebook or Instagram. Until then, we hope this message meets you right where you are and helps you know just how deep the Father's love is for you. It's the Sunday for, before Christmas. Is anybody excited about this? Five more days, my son says. They're counting down at our house. So exciting. So, are you guys ready for a COVID Christmas sermon? <laughs> because this is not going to be like your normal Christmas sermon, okay? So just be ready that you're probably at the end of this going to be like, what did that have to do with Christmas? But it does, I promise. It's about Jesus, so it's about Christmas, okay? But as I was praying about what God wanted me to bring to you all today, um, this particular passage really hit me hard, and I think it has a lot to say to us in this current time in our lives. So I hope that it can be helpful for y'all as well. Um, I'm going to move this a little bit. Sorry. I have to. Um, okay, so before we get to the passage, if you guys want to go ahead and turn in your Bibles, we're going to be in Romans chapter 8. Today is the main passage that we're going to be talking about. If you want to get there, we're going to do a little recap. So this year has had disappointment for each and every one of us, right? We've all been disappointed at some point during this wild year of ours, correct? Yes, disappointment. Okay. So if we think about the Christmas story from this lens, which is hard for me because I'm a very optimistic person, okay? So we're going to look at the Christmas story from the disappointment lens for a minute. All right, so think about, first we had Zachariah and Elizabeth, so even before Mary and Joseph, it was an older couple, and they could not have children, right, and so that was very disappointing for them, and they waited, and they waited, and they waited, and then whenever God said to them that they were going to have a child, and Zachariah didn't believe, then he didn't get to speak the entire rest of the pregnancy. He could not say a word. So imagine as a father expecting a child, all the things that you want to say to your wife, and he couldn't say anything, okay? So there's a huge disappointment there, right? And then if we think about Mary, she was so young. Some people think Mary was only 14 years of age when Jesus came, or when the, yeah, whenever she had Jesus, when the angel came and told her that she was going to have a child. Okay, I, don't want, I didn't want to have a child when I was 14 years old. She was so excited. She was about to marry the man that she loved, you know, engagement time, all these fun, happy things, and instead this huge interruption that none of them were expecting that brought shame on Mary and Joseph. Again, they were disappointed. Yes, there was joy. Yes, there was excitement. She was going to get to do something that no one else in the rest of the world would ever have the chance to do and carry and birth our Savior. So, oh yes, there was joy, but there was also disappointment. And then poor Mary has to ride on this donkey, very pregnant. I can't imagine having to do that. When I was very pregnant, I didn't want to do anything, let alone ride on a donkey bouncing up and down for days. She would have been super cranky and not happy, right? Again, disappointment. Then they get to where they're going. 
And then what's the next disappointment? Can anybody guess? Huh? No room in the inn. She's about to have the savior of the world. So as a mother who's had a child, you think about the pregnancy, you think about how you want the birth to go, and you've got all these thoughts. And a lot of times those do get disappointed. But when you're going to have the savior of the world, I bet her hopes were super high for what that was going to look like. You know, she didn't imagine, oh, man, I'm going to have him in a barn with a bunch of animals hanging out and just hay everywhere. Like, this is what she had to do to birth the Savior of the world. Again, disappointment. It has been the weirdest year for any of us alive. This year has been nuts, right? Full of disappointment. But here's the cool thing that we all have during this crazy year, and probably even the year to come. It's not over. It's not going to end as soon as January 1 comes, right? We have this Jesus, don't we? We have this hope that we've been talking about. We have this peace that we've been talking about, this joy that we've been talking about. And today, we're going to focus on the love of God. We have that, you guys. So this year might have been weird and crazy and full of disappointments, but we have these amazing things to help get us through, help us be a light to the world around us. Amen? We do? Yes, we do. You might not believe it at this point, but we do. So before I get to anything else, and if you don't hear anything else I say today, you've got to hear this, okay, everybody listening? God loves you no matter what. He loves you, always and forever. One thing that I learned, we talked about this at Trevecca in one of my classes, is we talked about the characters of God and the characteristics of God, and that God is love. We don't say that God loves, but God is love. He embodies love. So it's more than just even me saying to my child, I love you. I still have the ability to get upset with them sometimes and be frustrated or whatever, but I also still have the ability to hate, don't I? Because I'm a human being. God is love. He can be nothing but love. And I need you guys to believe that as we look back at 2020 and think about how crazy it's been, and you might not want to believe that anymore. There's no way that God loves us. What's going on? Look at all this disappointment. Look at all the terrible things that are happening around us. There's no way God is love, but he is, and we're going to prove it today with this passage, okay? So here we go. We're going to go through Romans 8 together, and I'm just going to break down some passages as we go, okay? So we're going to start in verse 18, and this is Paul talking. He's my favorite, if you guys haven't heard that before, Um, but he is talking to the Romans, and here's what he says. Now just think about, as we're talking about these things, what's going on right now in our world. First verse, verse 18, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. Now, I could just preach on that one verse. I could give you guys a whole sermon just on that one verse as far as what's going on with us today. I consider our present sufferings. We all are presently suffering right now, one way or another. 
some of us more than we ever have before. We are presently suffering. But this is what I love about Paul. He, takes, he wastes no time. He says, but I consider that our present sufferings are, worth, are not worth comparing to the glory that will be revealed in us. Now, I love this thought of this verse, the glory that will be revealed in us. We live in what's called the already, not yet. Okay? So Christ has already come, but he hasn't come again. We have that promise that Jesus is going to come again, right? He's going to come back. And his glory will be revealed in us. And I'm going to teach you guys a big word for you children. We will be glorified someday. Our bodies will no longer be like this. We'll be glorified and changed. And we'll get to that a little bit further in a second. But what he's saying is it will, it's not compared to the glory that's to be revealed in us, but not just the glory that will be revealed in us someday, but even right now. So remember what I said, that we have that love, that joy, that peace, that hope. We have that right now. So right now in the midst of COVID and the craziness, we can still give glory to God because we have those things. And we need to be doing that, guys. We need to be being his light right now in this world that is a mess. Okay? It's our job. Verse 19. For creation awaits an eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. Eager expectation. When's the last time you really expected something or anticipated something? This whole month, not every day, but a lot of days I've been going on my Facebook page and kind of just putting a little something that I'm anticipating. Because as we talk about Advent, that's we're anticipating that Jesus is going to come again. So like I said, the already and the not yet. All right, so we live in this realm of anticipation for what is God going to do, right? It should be exciting for us because he can do anything. And if we believe that with our hearts, his glory will be revealed within us. For the creation was subject to frustration. Here we yeah, we're subject to frustration. Not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that creation itself will be liberated from its, from its bondage to decay. So kids, those are some big words, all right? Liberated from its bondage to decay. That liberated is to be freed, okay? And right now, all of our bodies are dying. There's nothing we can do about it, right? Hollywood tries really hard to do things about it, but there's nothing that we can do about it. We are all in bondage to decay. Every single one of us will eventually die, right? I know you're like, oh, this is dark, Sierra, it's Christmas, but it's true, okay? We're all in this bondage to decay, but, here he goes again, brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God, so we are going to be liberated from that. We're already liberated from that because we know that we will live forever with him okay so he's just keeps going back and forth there's this suffering but it's not worth the the um worth comparing to the glory of god it's all these wonderful things and all these terrible things all right 22 we know that the whole creation has been groaning in as in pains of childbirth right up to the present time Again, we're groaning. Everyone is groaning right now, one way or another, with what's happening in our lives. Not only so, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption into the sonship and the redemption of our bodies. So what's it saying here? 
we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit. So kids, we just went through the fruit of the Spirit. Remember that? We did that not too long ago. It's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's the fruit of the Spirit. He's saying even us who have these things are groaning. We groan inwardly as we wait for our adoption, for the redemption of our bodies. Again, the redemption from this decay that's, that's happening within us. We groan inwardly, even though we have all these things. So I want to pause for a second. Just This gives us the ability to freely express ourselves, if that makes sense. Okay? It is totally natural and totally normal for even us as Christians to groan about what's going on in our lives. We have the freedom to do that. But we also have to go right back and remember that we have this hope and this peace and this love and this Savior. But we can still do this. We can still groan inwardly, even when we have these fruits of the Spirit. For in this hope, we are saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait patiently for it. And here is some really good news. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through world, wordless groans. You see this pattern here? There's lots of groaning and, and anticipation and waiting. It's just this giant mess of what's happening right now. But the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We don't even know what to pray for. Who's ever been there? I know we've probably all been there right now. I don't even know what to pray for. I know the kids know what to pray for almost every Sunday. One of them says, can God make the coronavirus go away? That's definitely something we've been praying for. But the Spirit is there, and he helps us in our weakness. And we need to accept that help, you guys. Again, as we are groaning, and we are hurting, and we're in pain, and we don't understand what's going on, in our lives, we still have that steady rock, that steady foundation of hope, peace, love, joy, that anticipation that only comes from Jesus Christ himself. It only comes from the Holy Spirit being within us. It only comes from that. He is here to help us through our weaknesses, and I am so glad about that, you guys, because man, my weaknesses have really started to shine, right? With just everything that's been happening with COVID. I mean, my impatience, my anger, my frustration, it's so much more on the surface, right? Or just wanting to give up, it's right here on the surface. But Paul says, wait, we have a helper. He helps us in our weakness, I sometimes like to get mental pictures and think of things that God's doing for me, and I kind of picture my body, and it has all these holes in it. Okay, not in a gross way, but I have all these holes, and only God can fill those in with his strength. When I try to do it myself, if I meditate all day and try to just go inside, it's not going to do anything, guys. I cannot fill those holes myself. 
The Holy Spirit does it. Accept it. That's what I want to do at this point. Just fall into his hands and accept his help to fill all of my weaknesses with his glorious presence. Just let him do it, especially right now, you guys. We're all so weary, and we need to let him fill these things. Verse 27, and he who searches our hearts knows the minds of the Spirit, or the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. He intercedes for us. That means he, he goes before God kind of in our place and says, I've heard the inward groans of this child of yours. Here's where they are. He hears these things. He hears our inward groans, and he cares about them. Here's a verse that gets misused all the time, okay? It's verse 28. It says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. It's so easy to read that verse and think that that means that God only does good things for us, and if I'm a Christian, only good things will happen to me. That is not what it says, okay? Perfect example, the cross of Jesus. Was that a good thing that happened to him? That's an actual question. No, that was not good. But again, the perfect example of love, God did that to save us. Did he not? He came all those years ago so humbly to save us because of his great love for us. God works for our good, okay? So what that means is we live in the world where God is here and so is the devil, right? The good and the bad. So God is constantly fighting for us. He is constantly fighting for our good. So even when bad things happen because of sin, because of death, because of the devil, that's why bad things happen. He is fighting to make the best out of it. God is the best at making lemonade from lemons, isn't he? He is the best at that, okay? So he is constantly working for our good. It's not that when we're Christians, everything's sunshine and rainbows, okay? So I just needed to make sure you guys knew that because that's just not true. It's not biblical, <laughs> okay? 29, for those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters, and those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. So there's that word again, glorified. We've been called. So when you have that first moment of hearing him, believing in him, asking Jesus into your heart, into your life, that's when he's calling you. I mean, he's always calling us, but when we finally realize it, right? And then he justifies us. It means he makes us right with God. We are justified. And then we are glorified. So this is the example of the already not yet that I was talking about. We're called. We're made right with God. And then some sweet day, 
we will be glorified. Some sweet day, we get to look forward to the redemption of our bodies. I'm super interested what our new bodies are going to look like. We're going to look like angels. I'm always thinking about what's going to be in the future for us. But when we take our minds that way, instead of staying focused on COVID and all the terrible things that are happening, when we keep our minds above, that's when he can really do some cool things in our lives. That's when he really shows up and can shine through us. All right, so now we're switching gears to verse 31. So he says, what should we say in response to these things? Paul's always asking himself questions. So hold on, I wrote down five things. Okay, so what does he mean? What then shall we say in response to these things? So we're going to review real quick the things we just said before we move on. One, we all suffer, but it pales in comparison to the glory that's to come. Okay, so that's one of the things he's talking about. Two, we all have frustration, but will be and are liberated into glory and freedom. Three, our bodies will be redeemed when we are glorified at Christ's return. Four, we have the Spirit who intercedes for us and helps fill our holes, fill our weakness. And five, God is always working for our good. Okay, so those are the things. What should we say then? If all this is true, then what? And then here's one of the best verses in the whole Bible. If God is for us, who can be against us? Like, for real, who can be against us? The world, I was just telling the kids today, the world is doing everything it can to push God out. We're trying to push God out of everything. Okay? It says in the Bible that, you know, by the time Jesus comes back, we're going to be majorly persecuted again. So, you know, we got to get ready for that. But the world is doing everything they can to push God under the rug. Right? People are going to tell you, all sorts of things. The world is going to tell you all sorts of things. Just believe who you believe. Just be who you are. Just do what you do. No. How about Jesus is the only answer that truly matters? If God is for us, who can be against us? It doesn't matter at the end of the day who thinks whatever about you. All that matters is what Jesus says about you. All that matters is that he loves you more than you will ever know. I was just telling a father-to-be this morning how exciting it's going to be for him, that first moment that he gets to hold his child. There is nothing like the love of a child. All of a sudden, you're like, how could I possibly love something this much? But then it opens your eyes to see God loves me even more than this somehow? How is this even possible? But he does. He does. He who also did not spare his own son, so here we go, it's talking about God's love, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Now we have to stop and talk about graciously give us all things because, children, this does not mean all the toys you want on Christmas. That's not all the things that it's talking about here. All things is that love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. Those things. 
He will graciously give us all things. And how many of us are in need of a really big dose of those things right now in our hearts and in our minds? How many of us are in need of a refreshing, just dumping of the Holy Spirit into our hearts and into our lives right now? We've all got so many holes that he wants to fill, and he will give us all things. Who will bring charge against us? Who will bring charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Then who is the one who condemns? No one. No one condemns. Why aren't we condemned? Because Jesus Christ, who died and was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. So he is, God is fighting for our good, the Holy Spirit, so we've got the whole trinity here. God is fighting for your good, Holy Spirit is fighting for your good, Jesus Christ fighting for our good, interceding for us. We are his children. Christ died and was raised to life to give us this freedom from condemnation. Like, hallelujah. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Who? Shall trouble or hardship, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. Now, Paul was constantly facing persecution, wasn't he? He was in and out of jail. He was beaten so many times because of what he believed. But he had this hope in what was to come. He lived in the realm of the not yet, that Jesus Christ is coming again. He lived there. So the persecution didn't matter. So what he's saying is, can all these things separate us from the love of God and persecution? And then he says, I mean, we even face death all day long and we're considered sheep for the slaughter. Is that not enough to separate us from the love of Christ? And he says, no, in all things we are more than conquerors. Guys, come on. Think about a conqueror for me. If you think about somebody that has conquered something, you know, you think about like David and Goliath is where I go. He was so tiny. Sorry. He was so tiny and he defeated this man just from his faith alone and from the help of Jesus Christ. Sorry, you guys. In 2020, with coronavirus, with whatever you're facing right now, you are more than conquerors. We should be standing with our arms raised to Christ, thanking him for everything he's done for us. Pointing people to him every day because we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And then Paul says, I am convinced. I can't stop crying. I am convinced that neither death nor life, angels or demons, neither the present or the future or any powers, height or depth or anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord.
Do you believe that today? That you are so loved beyond anything that you deserve and nothing can separate you from his love. Nothing you do or say, even those that choose to walk away, even those who choose to ignore him their whole life, you are loved so deeply and you are more than conquerors and we need to live in that reality you guys okay we are going to do a little object lesson today to wrap it up psalm 136 we're going to write a real life version of Psalm 136. You guys all have papers, little papers, and they just say something to thank God for and then something that you're anticipating for him to do. As Christians, we should always be living in this, in this stature of thankfulness and anticipation. God is good and he's done all these things in my life to prove his goodness. And I know he's going to do this again. Okay? So Psalm 136 reads like this, and I'm not going to read the whole thing. But it just says, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. His love endures forever. And the whole psalm, he goes through things that God has done, like dividing the Red Sea and saving them from the Egyptians and all these amazing things that God did way back then to save his people. And then just over and over and over again, his love endures forever, his love endures forever, his love endures forever. And I think right now we all need a, a reminder of this. A reminder of his goodness and a reminder of his unending love for us. Satan is going to do everything he can to quiet us right now. He's going to do everything he can to keep us complacent where we are in our lives. But we need to live in this realm of thankfulness and anticipation. God, you're so good. You've done this and this and this and this and this in my life. I know you're going to do it again. So I want you guys, we're going to play a song. And I want you guys to fill that out. And if you're willing, after you fill it out, bring it up to me. And when I'm done, I'm going to read them. And we're going we're gonna to say his love endures forever after I read each one to kind of get it into our brains, okay? All right, so let's, let's do it. steep I will lift these hands in faith I will 
Awesome, guys. Thank you. Okay, so I'm going to read these, and then after I read them, you guys are going to say with me, his love endures forever. Okay, this is real life's version of Psalm 136. I forgot which one it was. I'm sorry. Okay, God, thank you for loving me when I screw up or do wrong and for helping me provide for the families of the men who work for me along with my family as well. His love endures forever. God, I'm I'm anticipating for you to continue shaping me into the man you want me to become, which includes being a man who loves you and others and who depends on you for everything. His love endures forever. God, I thank you for my mommy. His love endures forever. God, thank you for continuing to love me no matter what or how many mistakes I've made. His love endures forever. God, I'm anticipating for you to cleanse my soul and continue to guide me as I reassess my life and walk down the path you have made for me. His love endures forever. God, I thank you for your promises. His love endures forever. God, I'm anticipating for you to heal the broken. His love endures forever. God, thank you for the love that surrounds me. His love endures forever. God, I'm anticipating for you to restore me. His love endures forever. God, thank you for parents. His love endures forever. God, I'm anticipating you to get rid of COVID. His love endures forever. God, thank you for saving my life from the wreck. His love endures forever. God, I'm anticipating for you to give me a wife. His love endures forever. God, thank you for providing when I feel alone and stuck. His love endures forever. God, I'm anticipating for you to restore what is broken. His love endures forever. God, thank you for getting us today, getting us to today. His love endures forever. God, I'm anticipating you to bring peace. His love endures forever. God, thank you for our health, our family and friends, our jobs, our church, your love. His love endures forever. God, I'm anticipating for you to bring our baby girl safe into this world. His love endures forever. God, thank you for the blessing of this pregnancy in the midst of this chaotic year. His love endures forever. God, I'm anticipating for you to move in incredible ways in the year to come. His love endures forever. God, thank you for your love for us. His love endures forever. I'm anticipating for you to change the whole earth. His love endures forever. God, thank you for keeping us healthy this year. His love endures forever. God, I'm anticipating for you to continue to love and heal those in need. His love endures forever. Thank you guys for participating. This is is awesome. You guys did a really great job. I hope that this helps kind of 
give us a perspective for what's happening in your lives right now. He's over 2,000 years ago, came down as this tiny little baby in a way no one expected, in a way that threw wrenches and wedding plans and disappointments in birth plans and didn't look anything like the king that was expected to come, but he was exactly what we needed because his love is so vast for us and it will never end. So hold on to that hope today, you guys. Hold on to the hope and the peace and the joy and the love that will withstand COVID and everything else that can come our way because his love endures forever, right? All right, let's pray. Precious Lord, I thank you very much for this time to come and focus on you and the things that you would have to say to us today. Lord, I just pray that you would help each and every one of us to live in this life of thankfulness and anticipation and accept fully the love that you have for each and every one of us. We thank you for your love that never fails, no matter how many times we do. You are so good, and you're nothing but good. Help us to cling to that, to be more than conquerors in this life, to live a victorious life with you by our side, bringing you glory with what we say and with what we do and with how we live our daily lives. We know that we can do this with your help. We love you, Lord.